0: Hello, I'm Linda Scythe from The Layered Onion. Thank you for joining us. We will be listening to our amazing creators talk about their art and mental health. 48 million artists all over the world share this lived experience. The Layered Onion was formed to create a supportive community, allowing the creators to focus on their art, bringing their work from the shadows to receive the recognition and opportunities they deserve. Each podcast will feature an artist who talks about their creations and mental wellness. Art is healing. We hope these discussions will inspire you to appreciate the stories behind the creations and more importantly, inspire your inner creator. Together, we can tackle the stigma surrounding mental health. So hello, Lauren. How are you? I'm good.
1: <laughs> so Lauren, maybe you could introduce yourself and the type of art you do to the Layered Onion community.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited um, to get more involved with the Layered Onion. Um, my name is Lauren Bayer Um, I am based in Seattle, Washington. We're having a lovely overcast day today. Um, and my, um, yeah, part of the reason I'm excited about working with the Layered Onion is that um, my art and my whole ethos really is for mental health. Um, so I've been someone who struggled with mental health my whole life, you know, since I was a kid and through adolescence. Um, and then finally started to address it in in my teens and early twenties. Um, but only uh in the past six months, what it was in February, I ended up quitting my full time job to pursue art full time. Um, I had been diagnosed with ADHD and PTSD. In addition to a couple other things. And it was a real kind of um moment for me in realizing what I needed to prioritize. So with that, I really I used my kind of my own personal struggles with mental health and then realized that if I was the if such a huge part of my life that I was struggling through and I knew there were other people out there who were having the same struggles that's really what I wanted to put my art practice into. Um, and so I work predominantly in glass, but also I'm a very kind of sculptural person and medium is kind of secondary to me in that uh, I I kind of have an idea of what I want to make and then I figure out how best to do that. Um, but recently glass has been my, my uh, medium of choice because it's so challenging and I find a lot of, Um, parallels between mental health struggles and and working with glass as a medium itself.
1: So maybe you could tell me a little bit, how did you even learn glass art? Because I'm sure there's going to be some people who watched um, Blown Away
2: Mm -hmm. on Netflix.
1: And I have to tell you, you came away from it with an absolute admiration at the skill and strength it took to, for, you know, people to be successful, I don't, I don't think I had any idea. So yeah. how did you get drawn to glass art, you know, yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. To be honest, I kind of fell into it. I had been, um, I was kind of always one of those people who was like, I'm, I, I'm too self-conscious to be an artist. I'm going to be an arts administrator. Mm. And so I had been working in arts administration, arts management for many years and found my way into the glass art society. Um, so when I started working for the Glass Art Society, I, the only background in glass I really had was from art history in general. Um, and so I w- was working there for about three years when I finally, it kind of hit the point where I realized there are local places here in Seattle where I can learn like how to do glass myself. And somebody ended up buying me a uh, class for a birthday for ah. uh, flameworking, working. And flame working, there, one of the things that's interesting about glass is how many different ways there are to work with it and manipulate it. I think glass blowing tends to be the most common because it's it's very flashy and it's exciting. Um, but a lot of the work that I do is actually in a torch. So it's like on a tabletop mm. with a, a very tiny little torch. Mm-hmm. And then it's just me, a thousand degree flame and melting glass rods. And so I, I was very intimidated by it. And I was honestly very scared. And then when I got in there and I started doing it, it was one of the most transformative experiences for me. Because as somebody with ADHD and a lot of anxiety, my, my brain is running constantly a mile a minute with 50 million thoughts. And the second you get in front of that torch, because I, I don't know if it's a survivalist thing of like, your brain is like, there's a huge flame in front of you. you need (laughs) to pay attention. But it quiets my brain in a way that I've really not found with a lot of other art forms. So I I would be intimidated by like, glass blowing sessions are usually like four, five, six hours plus, because you have to be in there for a while to melt the glass and go through the process. And it flies by because of just how into it you get but um, so with
1: the torching do you still have to put it in a kiln to set
2: mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. all right and you still have a lot of the same um so a lot of the, i think that's the thing that has been tricky for me um especially in relation to watching things like blown away is that you see these people with all of the skill and then even all of the skill they could still be right at the end of finishing a piece. And one little thing goes wrong that you could be the most skilled person in the entire world. One little thing goes wrong. It falls off. It it crashes. And you need to, as an individual and an artist, like be okay with that. That mm-hmm. like, you're still a good artist. You still did a great job. This is a challenging medium. And one little mistake means you have to start over Some a lot of the time. And that was something that was particularly challenging for me with glass as somebody who is is struggling with mental health. Uh, For example, I had been doing solid glass for for, that's kind of where you start because it's easier to manipulate. But when you. Is it like
1: squares of glass? What does solid
2: glass uh, mean? Solid glass means so, like, usually they're this is a pencil, oh. um, but it they're like rods of glass, oh, that are okay, solid right, right, rods of glass, okay. and then you would melt them into little shapes, okay. Um, so for oh, yeah, for example, so like this was a yeah. solid piece of glass, and then I melted it kind of like candy to m- okay, to make this little shape. The next jump up from that is hollow glass. So if you've seen things like, um, glass straws or oh right um, okay pipes or um like vessels like shot glasses or things like that um the skill to to go from from this to this is a huge jump okay so even if you've been working for a while with glass and you feel really really comfortable with it like (laughs) that that was the thing i have never had such an an ego crushing day than the day that we started hollow glass. Uh.
0: Because
2: I was like, I can do this. I'm so good. I know (laughs) what I'm doing. And then we started, hollow I literally, the whole class, the project that we were working on, I I just straight up could not do it. And that was something that I had never, at least when it came to art making, that is, I never had that happen to me before where somebody Mm. was, so you do it. And then now you go do it. And I went to go try to, and I just, it was very difficult. And it it was something I spent some time talking to my therapist about of, of where my hangups were in why, why I'd struggled so much with that and where I could work to persevere and just keep Mm -hmm. at it and keep doing it. And, and that I think has been the biggest thing for me, especially with glasses I think with a lot of other mediums if you you can see a lot of quick return on what you're doing like if you are sketching every day you can see very quickly how you're you're getting better and better each time or making little tweaks with glass you have to do it badly a lot before hmm. you ever get to the point where you're going to be able to do it well and you have to really get comfortable with that like and, I actually ended up working on a project with hollow glass. Um, my mother has multiple sclerosis mm-hmm. um, and I came home, I was visiting her one day and she was taking medication in a uh, shot glass <laughs> because oh. it was just easier for her to like gather them all in a little shot mm-hmm. glass and then and throw them back. So I decided that I wanted to make little shot glasses that were specifically for taking pills and, man, did I pick a very difficult thing to decide <laughs> to do. Um, are they the and, ones
1: that are on your Instagram that look
2: like pill jars? Um, some of them are like pill jars. Okay. And some of them are just little, like, they're <laughs> – I laugh at them. And I ended up calling them rough drafts. Oh, okay. Because I would spend so much time making these little shot glasses, and they – they look like a little kid's drawing, like they're all wobbly and like, <laughs> but it, it was, it, I'm really proud of myself for having done that, worked through it because it's being able to get through making something imperfect allows you the space to be able to keep going, to get closer to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really difficult for a lot of people and a lot of artists and my, myself included. You know, we get, you have an idea in your head and then when you're not physically able to create where you want to be, it's very disheartening. Um, and and so I'm I'm thankful that both for the feedback in the community and in just like me letting go of like it doesn't have to be perfect. I've only been doing this for about a year. Like it's time to grow and nobody has to be perfect (laughs) immediately.
1: Well so true is that so so I have to though ask so I know I see that you do a lot of glass straws now. So you've Mm -hmm. and you've got the little ridges on them with the bend. Um, so I know that's not easy but I have to ask about eggs (laughs) yeah (laughs) because you clearly love eggs and that's something that you do a lot with your art so tell me about the egg
2: yeah absolutely um I it's so funny there are kind of two things with the eggs because at the beginning I was uh, people would ask me that and I was like you know I don't really know like eggs are just great and then I was like chewing on it one day and I was like you know that's absolutely not true like so part of the, where the original idea came from is my so in that vein of, of focusing on mental, mental health my um the business that I launched manic pixie dream squirrel is really centered around my morning ritual of breakfast coffee and medicine hmm. of like that is like in my struggle of burnout I was like there I can't there are only a few things I can guarantee that I'm gonna get myself to do every day. And at the minimum, what I need to do every day is I need to put something in my body, I need to have a little bit of fuel, and I need to take my meds. Um, and so that was kind of the the spawning for all of the different little motifs and things that I wanted to make. So in the breakfast realm, personally, breakfast food is the best food that is in the world I love breakfast food I could eat it all day and eggs are at like the center of that that beautiful uh egg equation um (laughs) so I kind of started just making them and I, I really enjoy the process of making them I think that they're so like happy looking and then as I was digesting I'm like why am I enjoying this so much I realized eggs were literally the first thing I ever learned how to make When I was a kid, my family is a little bit uh, untraditional. Um, And so my father is Peruvian and my mom was she worked um, for quite a bit when I was younger. I was a little kid. I think I was probably three years old um, was when I started cooking in the kitchen and my mom would bring a chair in from the dining room. I would climb up onto the chair so I could reach the stove and I would make scrambled eggs or I would make Uh. fried eggs. Um, and I only set the kitchen on fire once. Uh, but, <laughs> 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 but I think it's something for me that it, it is, particularly I have this relationship with eggs and creation and eggs like honestly kind of as their own medium because you can use them in so many different ways. And I think as a kid, it was my first, medium that I could experiment with of like you're literally saying like how how many situations are you going to give a kid a thing where you're like you can actively play with this to make your food and Mm -hmm. you scramble and you do all the things and then afterwards you get the reward of having the thing so I think that just really stuck with me throughout my life and then every single time I go back to it of figuring out a new way to make an egg it really connects me to that kind of first feeling of being a creator and making so, something
1: so do you have an egg you could show us
2: yeah that's because they are so cool do i have one with me i don't have one with me at the okay
1: because i know you have egg earrings and you have like
2: they I must do. be quite
1: the talking piece
2: they really are i have um i have little oh i have toast i have little toast
1: yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) and I have pill bottles oh there we go I have a little
1: yeah I think they're so cool yeah Yeah.
2: and that's been one of the things that's interesting to re-glass is that um I figured out how to make them in a variety of different formats Mm. so I originally started making them out of flamework glass out of borosilicate so I would um, maybe you should tell people what borosilicate is Yeah. Borosilicate is the same type of glass as you would uh, see in your kitchen. That's Pyrex.
1: Ah, okay. So so stronger.
2: mm -hmm. So in the world of glass, there are, again, one of these things you don't know unless you're kind of in the thick of it, that there are a lot of different types of glass and not all glass is created equal. Some of it is really delicate and soft and as soon as you like heat it with a little bit of heat it starts to flow and then some glass has is much kind of chemically stronger so that you could literally and that's what I make my uh, glass straws out of is the borosilicate because Mm. then you can bad example but you can literally bang them against stuff and they are not going to break it actually took me a while to get a good technique to score and break them cleanly because Mm. they are so difficult to break okay Um, but yeah, so borosilicate they nowadays it comes in a variety of different colors, which is awesome. Um, but I would take the borosilicate rods and then use a variety of tools. I I always I tend to relate it to candy making a lot of the time because it is a very similar you're heating it up until it gets just molten enough to move and then you use tools to manipulate it because You can't touch it with your fingers, although Mm -hmm. I have burns that would say otherwise. Um, And and then you kind of figure it out from there and then let it cool. Um, On the other side of that spectrum, and what I used for this, is fused glass. Um, And fused glass is kind of a, it's a little bit more of a, what's the word I want to say? If you've encountered it in the past, I think a lot of times people will see fused glass as like plates with like squares on squares on squares. Very oh, kind of like
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
2: 2000s era kind of like geometric patterns. Yeah. And like, I don't want to be disrespectful of the medium because I think there are a lot of people who do great work within fused glass. And there is an aesthetic that that some mm-hmm. people kind of stick to. Um, I personally think that does the medium a little bit of a disservice because it kept me from wanting to explore it. And once I got into it, I have been so excited about all the possibilities (laughs) because it's so cool. Um, So what's different about um, fused glass is that you start with flat sheets. So it's a lot similar to stained glass where you're taking these like flat sheets of glass. That's, again, a different type of glass. Then borosilicate, then then the soft kind of rods. Um, it is it's the same kind of glass they use for stained glass, and then you have to cut it. So you use a different, a whole different set of tools to cut it and snip it, um, grind it, and and chomp it to make a variety of different pieces. And then you glue them or lay them in your kiln and then fire them. Uh, turn on the kiln to a certain temperature to melt them together okay and then depending on how high you go you'll either get something that's like a big blob or you'll mm-hmm. get something with a little bit more detail to it okay and so one of th- yeah one of the things I particularly like about this too is that there's paint so I've been able mm-hmm. to incorporate paint into my glasswork because of uh, the options they have with fusing which I just think is really cool
1: So one of the pieces that I also saw of yours is it looked almost like a champagne flute. And then on the bottom, I assume it's a pill, right? Mm -hmm. With the scoring and, um, you know, people who are not medicine takers probably would not know that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but those of us who do (laughs) have a daily ritual of medication, we knew right away. So. Is part of your hope with pieces like that is to normalize the idea? Because as you said, it's a ritual. And sounds like you do breakfast first, then you do the coffee. I do coffee breakfast then. <laughs> 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 the Medication. Otherwise, I get nauseous if I don't do it in that order. But the question I would have is, it, what is your hope for some of your pieces? Is it, is it to normalize?
2: Mm -hmm. because a big 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 thing for me both in finding medication to manage my anxiety and depression and finding like having the awareness to realize how burnt out I was both of those I know I could have gotten help sooner if the Everything surrounding those health problems had been more destigmatized, had been less taboo to talk about, had been more, hey, th- this is what these problems look like. Here are things that work for people right now that are available to you so that you don't have to feel this way. And I think too often the conversation is, oh, if this is happening to you, hide it. Or if you're doing these things to accommodate yourself, hide it. And then by continuing to go through that process, process then it's like not only are you denying a part of who you are in yourself but you're denying the opportunity for for other people to see themselves in you and get help themselves and so that has been just crucially important to me in everything that I do and both in making pieces that are very uh like directly focused on saying that and then also like you said making things that are just so ubiquitous that it's not a it's just a part of life so then it doesn't have to be weird it doesn't have to be something strange it's just like oh like when I the chalices in particular um that like kind of champagne flute my my thought behind that was to create like if we're doing something every day this ritual that is so crucially important why not give it a little bit more honor and you know have your medication in a chalice. you know because it is something mm. so special that sh- should be revered you know it's not a throwaway that you know that we should just yeah try to hide in, in in between our morning rituals like no this is a really important thing that allows me to live my life every day um and so yeah I guess it's not just destigmatizing but also like runners or you know people who are really into you know athletic fitness wear that like a badge of honor and Mm -hmm. I have almost started to kind of not wear my mental health struggles like a badge of honor but but be proud of who I am including those aspects of myself and like I I just don't want to hide it anymore and I want other people it's exhausting isn't it it really is well and I And I think the thing that gets me so much is like, especially in in like watching movies and TV, like I'm watching Suits right now, like, you know, half of Netflix. And there are these little pieces where somebody has a panic attack. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, we're worried about his mental state because he's having panic attacks. That that makes me so angry because I'm like, Mm -hmm. you can exist as multiple things at one time. And yes, I'm a person who has panic attacks, but I now see that as I'm a person who, is vulnerable but brave enough to acknowledge yeah I'm imperfect sometimes but I know and understand myself to be able to address that and help myself and I think that that makes me a a stronger person than somebody who's trying to deny themselves um like it's not a competition but I think you know it's like when you're made feel made to feel like you need to well, hide that
1: right and that's why we recently changed our tagline um to empower artists <laughs> reimagine mental health because mm-hmm. you know, the stigma, eliminating the stigma and all of that, we that is really what we wanted to do is reimagine mental health as it's just a part of the landscape. It's a part of who we are. And um, I hope I live someday to see that someone thinks about it like whether or not they have diabetes or anything else. And as Mm -hmm. someone who has, uh, you know, a chronic disease with asthma, I never hesitated to tell someone I had, well, I did pre-Obamacare where having a, a (laughs) you know, you didn't always want your insurance to know, but I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, you didn't hesitate to say you had asthma and then there was a big hesitation to talk about anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and um, that you were less than, and what... So I do see the needle moving some, but I am so heartened by all of you who are really pushing the dialogue and moving it along. And that's, you know, of course, part of what we want to do is really support you in your walk to do that.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I think I, I am personally really, like, heartened by the next generation of, like, I've been spending a lot of time on TikTok honestly getting to like understanding like where Gen Z is at with, with their conversations around mental health and i think that has been one of the most inspiring things for me of just how Gen Z has grown up in a very world relating to mental health and and especially a different world relating to th- the constant onslaught of chaos in their lives and just their different approach to it of just like we've got nothing else left to lose so why not just be wear our heart on our sleeves and that really has given me a lot of extra confidence to go out there and be transparent be vulnerable with my experience um, knowing that there are other people out there who are going to be receptive to it Mm
1: -hmm. so maybe talk a little bit to me about what are some of your hopes for the future where do you think your art's going to go I know you're also doing printmaking right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so maybe talk a little bit about kind of what you're thinking what's the next exploration
2: oh man that is a great question um yeah I think I the big thing that I have I think that's in the works that I'm excited to work on this fall is um I have my sights on doing a series on trauma on mm. um, specifically um, on experiences of trauma, because I think um, it took me a really long time to come to terms with my uh, CPTSD diagnosis because of how convinced I was that I hadn't been traumatized
1: mm.
2: and mm-hmm because I had an idea of what trauma looked like in my head. And I was like, if that's, and I didn't experience that. So there's no way that I experienced trauma. And it is very, it's taken me a very, 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 very long time to understand what happened to me was traumatic and, and what those trauma, those triggers look like today. And so I have a lot of these ideas, a lot of sketches of, of creating pieces that are, really immersive in all the senses that have a sound element a visual element um working with um uh security camera video camera i'm trying to find these um the crt screens oh. from old school security mm-hmm. screens um because a lot of people who experience trauma will end up remembering them as security camera footage because you don't remember yourself experiencing you remember you dissociate so you're so i have a lot of memories that that i experienced that way i experienced them from a security camera point Mm -hmm. of view and i think that that is really helpful for people to understand you know what you see happen in real life versus how individuals experience that and how that is carried with them Um, and i think a lot of people misinterpret trauma as you know, oh, like, you know, my sibling was mean to me or, you know, my mom disciplined me. And it's like, that is not what, you, <laughs> that's not what happened. The, these are very, you know, deep, impactful, systematic things that really alter your brain chemistry. So, so for example, you know, there is a bag of uh, frozen vegetables that it means something to me deeply because mm. of the experience I had. And, and I'm eager to take that very random, weird object and show someone through my art why this is more than just a frozen bag of vegetables to me. It it means this whole memory and this whole cascade of things. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to share that with people and help kind of break through that understanding because um, I, I do think it will, again, help a lot of other people like myself who don't realize like if you've experienced something like this as well like you probably are carrying trauma from that and you do mm-hmm. need to look at that and you will feel better as an individual to, to work through that at least I know I have um so that I'm really excited about um and then I think from there I'm also working on um trying to get more little like tips and trinkets and little doodads out into the world to just continue spreading that message I think that's why I created Manic Pixie Dream Squirrel is I wanted so to-
1: I have to ask about the yeah. name yeah.
2: <laughs> that's quite a mouthful it <clears throat> is so a lot of people think it's kind of funny and I, I was hesitant with it be- at, at the beginning because it is a bit of a mouthful but I think it's very funny and I think it's very me Um, mm-hmm. for those who aren't familiar there is a uh, film trope from the kind of 90s and 2000s of women who are weird and quirky and artsy and the only reason they exist in the film is to be this like confusing mysterious love interest for a guy and they refer to this person as a manic pixie dream girl oh. and in as we've evolved into you know through the Me Too movement and, and this kind kind of resurgence or uh, awareness of neurodivergency a lot of people have commented that a manic pixie dream girl is really just a, a woman like a neurodivergent woman <laughs> and uh, so <clears throat> I decided to kind of take that idea and flip it on its head a little bit um because they also say um uh, well I relate to this that uh, folks with ADHD are like they squirrel all the time. Uh Uh, And so I decided to kind of smoosh those two things together and manic pixie dream squirrel. So my little wink at like, trying to I also liked that manic was in it kind of gave that like hint to mental work. Um, But then I also just thought it was funny. It is funny. It's (laughs) cute. So
1: (laughs) so we're kind of coming time to- time to our our close of time and so I have one last question for you yeah. if you were going to give advice to a younger you what
2: advice would you give mm. I would say two things one would be keep making keep making even if it's not perfect even if you think it's supposed to be something that it doesn't end up being, making every day is something that makes you feel good, and it doesn't need to be for anybody else. So keep making because you deserve to keep making. And I think the second thing would be those things that make you happy and those things that you find special about yourself that other people try to make you feel like aren't important or make you feel like are less valuable is exactly what is going to bring you the most joy and make you the most successful. People, most people, I think, don't have the sparkle and see the world the way that you see the world. And that's why they try to get you to not do that. But that's Mm. what's special about you. So don't let that go because that's that's the thing. Very
1: wise (laughs) advice. So, well, thank you, Lauren. And I hope we talk again. Uh, So excited. And um, yeah,
2: we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Thank you for joining us today. It is an honor to talk with these amazing creators. You can see and read the artist's work in the Shallot, our journal of mental health, art and literature, or on our website, thelayeredonion.com. Thank you. A